Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf you test. Today's shiz Ilunishma Sipara Bashmul and Gershom Moshe Ben Meir. May their memory be a blessing and may the Neshamas have an aliyah. Um, so remember yesterday we were discussing the sukkah that's Mukefes Achsad. Um, uh, it's called, uh, it's where the, the sukkah is, is next. You, you're using the houses which have an achsadra, a porch, and you're using between there as your sukkah. Let me just show the picture of that we were discussing. Oh, now there's one other. Um, if you look at the picture on the screen, you can see that there are these houses around and they built in a U and each one has a porch coming off and, and there's a porch, I like a carport almost running along the inside of the houses and if you and then you they want to use the middle hang the schach across the middle and use the middle as the sukkah the area between the carport now obviously the Mishnah said if it's more than four amos away it's an invalid sukkah that was the simple way of learning the Mishnah and if it's wide if it's less than Dalit amos well, then it's a valid sukkah because you say dofin akuma. Now, yesterday we brought to Machloikes, Rav and Abaya, if there, obviously we said that if there were beams going down every, within every three tfokhim, then you could count that as walls, and even if it's further than four amos away, it would be a valid sukkah. Abaya came along and seemed to say you don't need the beams, because you can say what is called p tikri yored vesoyser, the end of the roof, we view it, um, we view it as forming a wall that drops down. So that's a p tikri yored vesoyser, and um, so you would. If uh, I don't know if you can see my marker on the screen, but you would view it as if there's a wall dropping down from there and dropping down from there, and obviously so too at the back of the sukkah. So that's what a buyer seems to see. you can rely on Petikriyarid for Sosa. And Robber said you can't. Okay, then we discussed yesterday tying it into the Machloikes Rav and Shmuel who had the same discussion by um by uh, on Shabbos if you have a hut in a field, basically four posts with a roof across the top. Could you say Petikri Yorid Vasoy same there? Machloikes Rav and Shmuel, and we try to tie it in. But for our purposes, let's go back into today's um, shir, um, today's shir from the fourth line of Yud Zayin Amud Aleph, uh, Yud Tes Amud Aleph 19a. We trying to prove so it says tonight we learned in our Mishnah So to a chotzer that is surrounded by Achsadra, and you want to make the sukkah in the middle. Obviously, the Achsadra is not kosher schach; it's a roof. But you want to make the sukkah between them. Again, this is that you courtyard we're discussing. Um, the Mishnah taught that if it's more than four amas away, it's an invalid sukkah. So Gemara asked, am I? Why? Name a p'tikri yorid Why don't you say p'tikri yorid And The roof drops down. It doesn't matter how wide those porches are and the roofs are. Even if they ate amas, double the possible amount from the, from the wall of the house to start the kosher schach, it shouldn't matter because you can just say p tikri yored same. So targum rova libedabaya rova gave the answer according to abaye kshehishve es koyrov. It's where he made the schach in line with the porch roof, and since the end of the roof can't be seen, it says 
you can't say if you look at the picture again where this chach is resting across from the one side of the porch to from the one porch to the other porch so if you were standing in the sukkah you could see the pitikri you could see the end of the roof however if he does it in a way that the chach is in line flush with the roof if this chach was a little bit lower then you can't see the pitikri you can't see the end of the seal of the roof and therefore you can't apply this rule of Pitikra Yored Vesoyser. Okay, then the Gemara continues and says, In Surah they learned the discussion as we've set up to here. But Pumpadusa Masni, but in the Yeshiva of Pumpadusa they taught as follows. Oh, just before we go further, I think this is an amazing lesson in intellectual honesty. We have an, we have a Bayan Rava arguing in can you apply the rule of Pitikra? And the Gomorrah asks a question on Abaye. And before it gives, maybe Abaye wasn't there when the Talmudim were asking, whatever. but for whatever reason, the Gomorrah doesn't give Abaye a chance to answer. And who jumps in? Rava. Rava, the person he's arguing with, jumps in and gives the answer for Abaye. I mean, I feel like we would generally, if we get involved in a machlokas with someone, if we, even if the one point, if someone rejects one of their points, even if we don't think it's a good rejection, we'd be like, you know what, I'll let it slide. I'll let that go stand as a question on him. But here, Rava's like, wait, no. I know I'm arguing with a buyer, but my focus is on the truth. And if I have a good way of learning the Mishnah that would fit with a buyer, even though I don't hold like a buyer in principle, this is not a valid rejection. And he gives an answer on behalf of a buyer. So it's an important uh, mid-end quality sometimes to, uh, to realize you can. Um, to, in a high level pursuit of intellectual honesty, and I guess honesty in general is obvious not to accept any points that are not well established just because it suits your agenda. Okay, so then as we said in Surah, it was the above version. In Pumpadisan, they taught as follows If you make a sukk on top of these porches where there is no Beams, everyone agrees it's possible. I as the roof, again, so in the, the again the picture we're dealing with, that courtyard that is a U and there's a U ceiling, a U porch going around the whole front of the houses and you want to build the sukkah. He says unless there are many, many beams going down along the inside uh, along the porch. I, I guess it's the outside of the porch. But t- towards the middle of the chotzer, unless there are many beams, it would be possible. Yeshlo psimim. However, if there are beams, Abaya omakshayra, Barava omapsula, Abaya says it's kosher, and Rava says it's possible. Why is it? Why is it invalid in this case, according to how we're learning at the moment? Because the ceilings are made for under the porch. These roofs are made for under the porch, and therefore. The P. Tikri Yored Vesoysem gives you the, makes a wall, again it's like a pretend wall, it's a halacha moshmisina that we can count it as a wall, makes us view it as a wall, but only for the inside, for under the porch, not for outside into the chotzer. So that's the key difference. And uh, again, <coughs> if they are Pitsimim, then Abaya says it's kosher. And Rava says we don't. Abaya Amok Sheiram Rino and Lovud. Abaya says it's kosher because we say Lovud. Again, the Pitsimim, I don't know if I had a picture. Let me just quickly look. Um, okay. Um, 
Yeah, if you look at the diagram, but Tzimim are many posts coming down off the front of the porch. And obviously you leave, you make those posts, I guess, as supports maybe for a bit of privacy, but they don't stop any of the sun or anything because they, they're post space, uh, space just less than three him. So Abaya says we say lovewood. Between each post, we can view it as if it's sealed shut, so you have a very good wall. Rava Amapsula Lamrin and Lovud, and Rava says it's possible because you don't say Lovud in this case. Why don't you say Lovud in this case? Again, where do you want these Patsimim to count as a wall? For the Sukkah. Where they made, where's the actual ceiling? Inside. So Lovud would work to count as a wall for the inside but not for the outside. Those beams aren't there for the sukkah. They're there for the achsadra. So you can't say lovud to view it as a closed-off wall for, for the outside eye, for the middle of the chotzeh where your sukkah is. It can only count. You can only apply lovud to the inside. And then the Gemaran tells us, however, the hilchas kalishna kama, the halacha is like the first loshen. Rashi explains what does it mean? Kalishna kama derova, like the first way of learning Rava. I remember we had a Machloikes Abai and Rava, but you had one way of learning the Machloikes according to Surah and one way of learning the Machloikes according to Pumpadissa. Surah was the first one, the one we learned yesterday, and that the Halacha is like Rava. What did he say? The Lovud, I'm just reading Rashi, the Lovud Amrina Nafilula Avir. Lovud we say even for the outside space. I, whether you're discussing in the porch or whether you're discussing in the actual outside the porch, in the actual Chotzer, Lovud works. These beams that are within three Tvachim of each other, you view them as sealed, as a proper wall. However, Avalstimas P. Tikra, this of you relying on P. Tikra, the end of the roof, Yored Vesoisem, I viewing the end of the roof that drops as if it drops down and forms a wall, that you, you only say that for the space under the roof. So P. Tikra, you could only apply under the porch because that's under the roof and you could not apply P. Tikra to the middle of the chotzeh where you want your, to outside of the porch where you want your sukkah to be. Okay. Rav Ashi found Rav Kahana had made his had put schach over his aksadra which did not have psimim. Now, as we'll see, it's quite a little. It's a little bit of a tricky uh, case. This quickly in the pictures here. Um, as you can see clearly. Um, Rav Kahana had built his sukkah close to the Achsadra and it had only two proper walls. One was perpendicular to the Achsadra going out, in, out into the courtyard and one was parallel. So that's, uh, you have your Achsadra roof if you'd be perpendicular to that roof. Not under the roof, but next to the roof, perpendicular, going into the courtyard is the one wall. And then obviously parallel to the Asadra is the other wall, again in the middle of the Chotzer. Um, Rav Ashi was bothered because doesn't a sukkah require a third wall? Where's his third wall? Um, yeah, you have your one wall, your second wall, and you need a third wall, again, of just more than a tefach. We learned that earlier on in the Masechta. Um so that's what Rav, that's what's bothering Rav Ashi. So he saw the sukkah of Rav Kahana. The Komasach Echal Kavah says, "Ein lopsimim." He says, "Amar lei loy sava lahar mar to Amar Rava yesh lopsimim sheira ein lopsimim sula." Says, "Don't you hold for what Rava says that it has to have beams 
from the um, Tastav beams. Where's your... You need a third wall. Now, if this achsadra, this porch... You can't, again, as we just saw in the previous suit, you can't say p-tikri yored v'soyser because you only say p-tikri yored v'soyser for the inside, for under the porch, not for outside of the porch where you want it to be a wall for your sukkah. And if it, ha- if it had beams dropping down, okay, within three talking, then you have a third wall. But here you don't. So what did he show him? That you could actually see the third wall from the inside, but not from the outside. Or alternatively, you could see it from the outside, but not from the inside. Um, what's this referring to? If you look here, there was a little post jutting out from the wall of the sukkah, either to the inside, that if you were standing outside of the sukkah, you could not see it, or on the outside, that if you're standing inside your sukkah, you can't see it. Now remember, the third wall of the sukkah only has to be just over a tefah wide, and therefore, what, um, that's what Rav Kahana is showing him. Look, where we're standing, you can't see that I have a third wall. Either they were standing on the outside, and it was, uh, let's just take the current picture that I have on the screen. They were standing on the inside, and the wall, you can't, you can't see it so clearly, but the wall is over there, uh, just, a, uh, just over a tefach. Um, and where do I get that this is a valid wall? How do I, Rav, Rav Kahana is saying... The Itmar, as it said, this is regarding a Mabui. Remember, let me see if I have a picture. Yeah, a Mabui, that's the, where all the courtyards open an alley, a cul-de-sac. Now, obviously, the walls of the houses and the back wall, the walls of the chotzevs and the back wall all form a, three walls, but you need a heker at the entrance to the Mabui. You need either a koira, a crossbeam, or a lechi. Now, it says, If you can see the lechi from outside, but you can't see it from inside, like the diagram, the lechi is placed um, flush with the line of the chotzer's wall, but it juts out, in, I guess, into the Rishus Harabim. So, if you're standing in the Rishus Harabim, you can see the lechi, but if you're standing in the in the Mabu you can't need to be shum lechi. Velechi v'hainu p'tzimim. And therefore in this case I have a lechi and that counts as its beam. And what Rav Kahana is saying? That the, this um, <coughs> um, this this beam that I have as we said that was are the just this tefach beam that I had that was on the inside of the sukkah, on the outside of the sukkah. If you're standing in the sukkah, you couldn't see it, but you could see it on the outside or the other way around. If you're standing on the outside, you couldn't see it, but you could see it on the inside, which is why Rav Ashi was bothered. I can only see two walls, Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana pointed out, no, there's that third beam, which is just over a tefach, and that makes it a valid sukkah. That's the psimim. Now, the Rosh asks a very interesting question here. He says, but how can you compare... With the Mabui, all you need is a Heker. It's a you, Dorais you can carry. It's got three valid sides, this Mabui. So you can carry there. All you need is a Heker. So a Lech is good. But a Sukkah, you need to feel that you're sitting in a three-walled structure, don't you? Isn't that the requirement? That Dorais are there three walls. So how can you just count this Tefach, that you, this Tefach beam, or just over a Tefach beam, that you can't really even see as one of your walls? So he, so he answers, very interesting, um, and this is just to refresh another concept, is that there was a, he said that there must have been a Tzuras HaPesach as, as one of the walls. Remember, Tzuras HaPesach is where you have the two posts and a crossbeam, a doorway. Now, a doorway 
counts as a partition. You can't tell me that if there's a wall with a doorway, even if it's a large door, that there's no that there's no partition. A tzuras pesach. If you have two two posts and a cross and a beam across them, that counts as a tzuras pesach. And again, not going into the requirements of how large can it be and exactly the structure of it, but that counts as a wall d'oraisa. Drabonin, it doesn't count as a wall for a sukkah, but d'oraisa it does. So what Rav Kahana was relying on is that he had two perfect, two real walls, literal walls, and he had a third surah pesach. So d'oraisa, he has a kosher sukkah, and now that it's only the Drabonin requirement, alechi, this this one small tefach beam, as a, I guess a siman that he's got another wall is good enough. Okay, but that's a side discussion. Let's carry on. Tana pesalayotim in a If you have, okay, the standard translation that we would use would be a extension going out from the sukkah. Nidan kasukkah has the same status as a sukkah. Now, my pesalayotim in sukkah, what are you referring to when you speak about this pesalayotim in a sukkah? I'm not even going to translate it because we're going to see four different opinions of what pesalayotim in a sukkah is. The first one is, Omar Ula, konim hayotim la If you have beams, if you have the schach, the reeds, extending behind the sukkah. So you have your normal sukkah, and then your sukkah extends a little bit past over the back of the sukkah. This is, but don't you need three walls? If you can imagine how it sounds, is you know, when we set up our sukkahs, especially those, those steel frame with canvas ones, the schach hangs over the side. So could you sit, it sounds like you could sit under the schach that's on the outside of the sukkah. He says, how can that be? You need three walls. He says, but okay, no, you're right. There are three walls. He says, sukkah, but don't you need the minimum size sukkah, seven tfachim by seven tfachim? But it's where there is. But don't you need more shade than sun? If this is a, just a few reeds that extend past, you're not going to meet that requirement of kosher schach of having more shade than sun. Since Bede'ika, it's where there is. And that's why if you look at the diagram on the screen, it's basically you have a proper sukkah in your front, your main sukkah, and the walls extend past it, at least seven twachim, and the roof extends properly past it, that it's properly shady, again seven twachim, and then you have your a mini sukkah. On the back of the sukkah, that's what Pesel Hayotza is. Oh, so what's the Chidush? For all intents and purposes, this is a perfect standalone sukkah. Smaller than your main one, but it's what you're telling me that Pesel Hayotza is, uh, <coughs> is a valid sukkah. No, you might have thought since... Everything placed there is for the inside, not for the outside. I, these walls, the, the back wall of the sukkah and the two side walls, are all made for the inside of the sukkah, not for the outside. Maybe it doesn't count as a sukkah. Kamash Malani comes to teach that it does count as a sukkah. So this would be a kosher sukkah. Now, a second answer. Rabbi Rabbi Yosef, Omri Tarvai, both Rabbi and Rabbi explained what's the case of Pesel HaYotza. Bekonim HaYotzim lifnim mina sukkah, umoshko v'ozlo chadadoyfen ba'adayu. It's where the schach extends in the front of the sukkah and one of the walls in line with it. As you can see in the diagram, you have your sukkah and you have one of the walls stops, let's say halfway to the sukkah, and the opposite side wall extends much further, much further, and obviously the schach extends along with that outer wall. That is a valid sukkah, even though a large part of your sukkah, obviously, obviously you have to have a minimum sheer sukkah where it has the actual three walls, 
but as but pesel hayotze, this extension is valid, um, even though a large part of the sukkah does not have the wall on the side. Um, what would you have thought? That it doesn't count as a valid sukkah. You don't have a wall. Your sukkah has to have three walls. The back wall and the two sides wall. This part of the sukkah does not have two side walls. So who says it? So that's what the chidush is. It's a valid sukkah. And the interesting discussion that comes out from here is... Um, don't have time to go into it. But do, does it even require the one side wall. Let's say you just had your sukkah, let's say the, the walls extended for four amos and then they stopped, and then the schach just extended much further out. Do you actually need this, this, the one side wall or not? I mean, it sounds quite clear from al that you would, because why does it mention the one wall extending with it? But there's much more scenery showing him, like Rashi and others, that you actually don't need that side wall. The main point is the pestle, the overhang, it's an overhang, and therefore it's fine. Um, carrying on to the third possibility of understanding pestle, Ayotzim in Asuka, Nidun Kasuka, Rabba Barbar Chana, Omer Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan is the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Lanitzrocha, Elul Asuka, Sherubatsiloso, Miruba Mechamoso. Most of the Sukkah has more shade than sun, Umiyuta Chamoso, Miruba Mitsiloso, and just a little bit has more sun than shade. I, how they did it here. You can see most of the sukkah, the roof is a perfectly good roof and there's much more say than shine. But a little patch in the sukkah, I mean they did it as one end, but it could just be a small square in the middle of the sukkah, does not have enough schach that there's more shade than sun. It says, you would have thought, purta. that part of the sukkah which doesn't have the correct mount is invalid. Komash Malan, he comes to teach us that it is valid. It seems that you might have thought we should view this part of the sukkah, which does not have more shade than sun, as, a, as disconnected from the sukkah. Again, we're not discussing like we learned earlier. Obviously, if you have an airspace or possible schach that like splits the whole sukkah, and um, that's a separate discussion. Here is where just a little patch in the middle of the sukkah somewhere, there's not really more shade than sun. But then what does it mean yoitze? Because we said pesel hayoitze mirasukah. It sounds like something extending out of the sukkah. So there's no yoitze meheshe sukkah. It leaves the status of a valid sukkah. You might have pesel hayoitze mirasukah. If you have schach that is not part of the sukkah, it's not valid schach, etc. Fourth explanation of what does pesel hayoitze mirasukah mean. Rav Oshia Omar lo nitzrucho ele le schach Avoshaya says we only need it as schach posel less than three in a small sukkah. Okay? If you have invalid schach less than three, so you, see you have your valid, so this is a, a small sukkah, means the minimum size sukkah of seven tvochim by seven tvochim, so you have your valid schach four. Fort for him and invalid schach for or more than four tvochim, and you have your invalid schach for just less than three tvochim. That's valid. Again, the invalid schach gets swallowed into the 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 valid schach, 
and it's a kosher sukkah. Interestingly enough, even though some of the sukkah, and when it's the tiny sukkah, it's in a way almost a significant amount. Umay yoytze, what does it mean extending out? It says yoytze b'toyra sukkah goes out of the Torah, the status of a sukkah. Interestingly enough, both Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yoshia, Yoshia had to or Shaya had to explain this yoytze, this term yoytze is out as leaving, it leaves the status of a sukkah. It's not a kosher sukkah anymore. But the Gomorrah used um, the phrase um, by Rabbi Yochanan, um, yoytze me hechsher sukkah, it's not a valid sukkah. And Rabbi, um, And, and by, by Rabbi Oshaya, it uses the phrase Yoitsemi Torah Sukkah, much more harsh, much more stronger. It is not, a, doesn't even have the Torah of a Sukkah. And the other one, it's just not a valid Sukkah. It's, it's not part of a valid Sukkah. So why does it use the different terms? Rashi seems to say that it's because here the Schach is actually possible and we're still saying it's val- valid. So therefore you would have said this Schach is not even in the st- category of a Sukkah because it's possible Schach. Whereas in the previous case, it is kosher Schach. It's just not sufficient. It's too thin. Okay. Matki Flora Voshaya. If you had airspace less than three tvochim in a sukkah katana, would it be invalid? Now, airspace is a stricter invalidation than invalid schach. How do we see that? Because remember, invalid schach, and I checked Aloha, only invalidates if it is four tvochim. Whereas airspace invalidates if it's just three tvochim. So if it was airspace, it wouldn't invalid the sukkah. It wouldn't invalidate the sukkah. So now you're coming to if it was less than three tvochim of airspace, it wouldn't invalidate the sukkah. So I don't need the brisa to come and tell me if it's less than three tvochim of apostles chach. It doesn't invalidate the sukkah. Again, airspace is a more is more likely to invalidate the sukkah, and it doesn't invalidate the sukkah. Well, then definitely invalid schach shouldn't. So, Amalei Rebbe Abba Zemit Starif, the Yeshainim Tachtov, the Zemit Starif, and Yeshainim Tachtov. says, No, there's a difference. This one, it joins and you can sleep under it. I, this pestle, Iota, you can actually sleep under this pestle schach because it counts as part of the sukkah. There's enough of the sukkah of kosher schach to ignore that that schach is invalid and you can sleep under it. Whereas if it's airspace, you would not be allowed to sleep under it. Just quickly, what I want to do is read some of um, Shulchan Aruch on these halachas. Just, I'm not going to go through all of Shulchan Aruch on these two points, but it's Simon Tov Reish Lamud Bey, 632 in Shulchan Aruch. It's just will be a quick halachic summary of a lot of these halachas that we learned. So, Tov Reish Lamud Bey, if Aleph, Schach, Posel, Posel, Be'emse, Be'arbet, Fokim. If you have invalid Schach, it invalidates the Sukkah um, with four, four, four Tvokim. Remember we said that if you have your Sukkah and down the middle there's invalid Schach, if it's four tvochim wide, then it um, then the whole sukkah is invalid because it's now two sukkahs and each sukkah only has two walls. Um, 
However, if it's less than four tvachim, it's kosher. Not only that, you can sleep under it. So if you have a few parts of your sukkah that have invalid schach, but it's less than four tvachim, you can even sleep under it. If it's on the side... It's only invalid with four amos. Remember, because we say dofen akuma. Aval pochos me abamos chera. Domrin and dofen akuma. We view it as if the wall is bent. And we count the invalid schach as part of the wall. And then he goes on and he gives examples. Therefore, if you have a roof and in the middle, if you have a room and in the middle of the room there's a hole in the roof. As long as it's within four amos of the wall, you can just rest your kosher on that and you don't count it as, and you count the invalid schach, the actual part of the roof that's still there, as just bent wall. He says, just important, just a bit further, he However, if there is four tfochim of this invalid schach that you're counting as part of the wall of the sukkah, you are not allowed to sleep under it. So that would be a lot of us when we build our sukkahs next to our house. There's the, what's it called? The awning of the house. You join that with your sukkah. Generally, it's not a problem because four, it's next to the wall and four amos is about two meters. Awnings are not generally two meters long. So you would say dofen akuma and then you start your valid schach from in line with the awning and you have a good sukkah. You must just remember, if you're sitting or sleeping under the awning, that's not a valid... That's part of the wall. You're sitting under the shade of the wall and it's not valid. Again, unless that awning is less than Fort Fochim wide. Um, okay, let's skip to Seif Bays. He says, Avir, bein begadoyle, bein begtana shovim. And then it makes a distinction between a big sukkah and a small sukkah. I don't want to go into that now. But he says the airspace of whether we're discussing a large sukkah or a small sukkah, the bein beemta, bein minat sad, whether you're discussing splitting the sukkah down the middle or along one of the side walls. If it is more than three, with three tvochim, it's invalid. If it is less than three tvochim, you can join it with the rest of the sukkah to complete it. However, you can't sleep under it. Okay, let's leave it in Shulchan Aruch for there. But I think that's a very good summary. One last point that Gemara goes to in our, in our sukkah, we on the third last line of Yutessa with Aleph 19. It says, It says something that you can join together and count it as kosher, but stand alone, it is not kosher. Like we've said with this airspace, if you have airspace less than three tvochim, your sukkah is still valid. You just can't sleep under the airspace. It says that's very difficult to comprehend because you have this airspace that joins with the rest of the schach, but it's still not kosher to sleep under it. It seems counterintuitive. It doesn't seem to work. So Omer Rabbi Yitzchak ben Eliyashiv, Rabbi Yitzchak ben Eliyashiv says, Ein titanim. Yes, I'll give you an example. Titanoruk. Um, pourable smad, yochiach, can prove our kosher. If you pour this very liquidy mud into the mikveh, it can make the mikveh, it can count to the fortisaya. You count it as water. However, if you go into a mikveh of liquid mud, it doesn't count as a tefillah. So you see again, it joins to the mikveh to make it the, have the sufficient amount of water, fortisaya. But if you actually go into mikveh in it, it doesn't count. It is not sufficient.
Okay, so the Mishnah says, Ha'oise sukkosaka means shrif, if you make your sukkah like a hut. I, um, what we mean by this sort of hut, Rashi explains it's these huts that they used to hide in to trap birds. Um, and how they were made is they would take like um, reeds uh, or branches and bend them over. So you kind of have almost like a teepee, but a bit more rounded. Uh, Rashi says like a beehive shaped hut. So he says, if you make it, or you lean it against the wall. That's if you look at the diagram, you take, a, you just take um, and you lean it up against the wall. You have, so you have this, you can climb under this triangle. It says, um, says it's possible. It doesn't have a roof. And the Chachomim say it is kosher. Um, just interesting enough, this tri- this schach that you just lent against the wall, according to the opinion that it's kosher, how much schach do you need? How, how big does it have to be? So one opinion, you have to make sure that there's seven tfokhim along the ground and it goes up ten tfokhim. So it has to be, and, and it's leaning that you have that space because then you have the minimum sukkah in it. The other opinion, no. You just have to make sure that this part, these branches that you're leaning against the wall are 17 tfokhim long. And then you have 10 which you count as the wall. So you have a 10 tefacha wall. And 7 which you count as the schach. And then you have a, sec- a 7 tefach wad sukkah. Okay, Tanya, we learned, the Gemara brings, Tanya, Moide Rebbe Lezer, She'im higbiya mina koisel tefach, Oishe fligo mina koisel tefach, She'hik sheira. Rebbe Lezer agrees that if you raise it off the ground by a tefach, uh, you put something under that it's, now the, the slant is, there's a straight part of a tefach, or you lean it against the wall. Rashi says, like, use pegs to keep the, the, the schach that you're leaning against the wall, one tefach away from the wall, it's kosher. And the reason given is because, let's just look at, take the one of where it's leaning against the wall. If it's a tefach against the wall, that tefach highlights that there's a roof and a wall. And that's what you want. Because one of the problems mentioned is if you lean a sukkah against the wall or you have one of these uh, cone-shaped huts, you can't see where, where's the wall, where's the roof. And you need a wall and a roof for a sukkah. So here you, you solve that problem. Oh, my Rabbonin. Oh, what's the logic of the Rabbonin who say that it is um, valid? If you have a slanted roof, it counts as a roof. Okay, I don't think we need that anymore. So a slanted roof counts as a roof. Um, again, remember, we want to ohel, we want to tent, we want to cover. So does a slant count a, a slanted roof count as a ohel, and according to the Chachomim, it does, and therefore you have a good sukkah, even though it's leaning up against the wall, or you, um, it would be valid. Now, Abaya came and saw that Rabbi Yosef was sleeping in his sukkah in a kilas chasanim. What's a kilas chasanim? It's a bed where you have, by the head of the bed and the foot of the bed, you have a post going up and you have a post going along and you hang a curtain, a cover, kind of like a mosquito net or something like that. Now that's at a slant. So Rabbi Yosef was sleeping under that in his sukkah. What does Rabbi Yosef clearly hold? That a slanted roof does not count as an ohel, as a roof. 
because, and that's why he can sleep in it, in his sukkah, because there's not a roof over him that's in between him and the schach, because again, that slanted roof does not count as a roof. Says Amalek, command Rebbe Eliezer. Are you following Rebbe Eliezer? Shavkas Rebbe Lazav after Shavkas Rabbanon va'avik Rebbe Eliezer. You ignoring the rabbis and following Rebbe Eliezer. Ah, because Rebbe Eliezer says it's Rebbe Eliezer was the one who said it's possible if your sukkah, if your schach is slanted like that, it's possible. Which means that he holds that if your if he holds it's not an ohel, it doesn't count as a cover. So why are you following Rebbe Lezer? You should be following the Rabban on the majority opinion. So what did he answer? Very interesting. He says, no. There's a Brysa the other way around. It's Rebbe Lezer who says it's a kosher sukkah and the Chachomim who says it's invalid. So we see it's Rabban and we don't count it. He says, What? The Mishnah tells us that Rebbe Lezer says it's possible and the Chachomim says it's kosher. And you've got to follow a Brysa which says that Rebbe Lezer says it's kosher and Rabban and says it's possible. That doesn't make sense. We generally don't follow. We're not going to... Mishnahs are more authoritative. They're more accurate. So if we have a choice between following the Mishnah or the price, we're definitely going to follow the Mishnah. It says, no, The Mishnah is actually... The way the opinions are set in the Mishnah is actually an individual opinion. Uh, uh, what's a Yochid? Uh, one opinion versus the many. If you make your sukkah like a... Hat, you lean branches against the wall. Rebbe Nason Omer, Rebbe Nason says, Rebbe Lezer says it's possible because there's no roof. And the Chachomim say it is kosher and it counts as a roof. So what do we see? It's Rebbe Nason who says that Rebbe Yossi says it's possible and Rebbe and the Chachomim say it's kosher. But really all other opinions hold that it's the other way around. Rebbe Lezer says it's kosher. And the Chachomim say it is possible. I so the Chachomim say a slanted roof is not considered a roof. There's a bit more to go into into the definition and discussion behind the slanted roof. When is it not a roof? When is it a roof? But we'll leave that. That's not the right place here. Okay, let's go on to the next Mishnah. Now this is Machatzelet Kanim Gedoyla. If you have a large reed mat, I know this is the Schachnetzach question. And if you see someone selling uh, reed mats on the side of the road, can you just buy them and use them, um, use them for your sukkah? So one of the main concern, as we're going to see in the Mishnah, is if it's made for shade. And I think that could be even if it's made as a partition. You know, you you, you see those stick. Uh, they make those stick, I don't know, walls, but they use kind of as like to a wall for your pool or to put a dividing thing in your garden, that sort of thing. It's made for a wall. I think that could also be fine theoretically for schach. Let's just keep it simple and say, so if it's made for a cover for schach to put over, to spread over something for shade, it doesn't have to literally be made for a sukkah. It can just be made, a non-Jew can make it for another, another non-Jew to use as a cover for his, uh, for his porch. So that's the... And that's what we decide. If it's made that, then it's fine. Because it's made from branches or reeds or whatever the material is, grass. And it's, so it grows from the ground. It's not Makabal Tumah. The problem is, if they made the mat to sit on or lie on, then it's susceptible to Tumas Midrash. We know a Zav, Zav, Anida, and your lettuce, if they, I don't know about you, your lettuce, I think so. If they sit or lie on something, they make a tome. Now, this is anything that's made for lying on. So a mat made for lying on, or sitting on, is Makabal Tumah. 
So that's what the Mishnah is going to be debating and the two opinions and we're going to have to try to work out exactly what the Mishnah is speaking about. But again, was the mat made for schach? Well then it's fine because it's not Makabal Tumah. But if the mat was made to sit or lie on, then it is Makabal Tumah and therefore it is Posel Schach. So Machatzel is Konim Gadoila Osol Shriva Makabeles Tumah. If you have a large reed mat, if it was made for lying on, it's Makabal, it's susceptible to Tumah, but ain't Masachid boy, and you're not allowed to use it, it's Schach. Le Sichuch, if it was made for Schach, you can use it for schach and it's not makabal tumah. Rabbi Lezer achas kananam achas gadolah. Rabbi Lezer says whether we're discussing a large sukkah or whether we're discussing a small sukkah, also l'shchiva makabel es tumah va'ein masachi. But if it's made to lie on, it's susceptible to tumor and you can't use it for schach. L'sichuch masachin bo va'ein makabel es tumah. If you're using it as schach. <coughs> If you make it for schach, you can use it as schach because it is not susceptible to tuba. Now we're just going to analyze the Tanakhama set. The Tanakhama said we're discussing a large remat. It said we're going to raise a contradiction. The Tanakhama said if it's made for lying on, then it's possible. Implies that if it was just made with no specific intent, then it's kosher. But then the Tanakhama says if it's made for schach, it's valid. Implying that if it's made without specific intent, it's invalid. So that what happens if it's made without specific intent seems to contradict itself. It says whole kufa kasha. This is in, in, in This is a contradiction in itself. He says on Marta Tanakama said also If you made it to lie on, then it's susceptible to tum and you can't use it as schach. And he points out time also it's, this implies that specifically if it's made to lie on, is it not kosher schach? But stame, if it was just made for whatever purpose someone needs, then it would be good schach. Vaharatani, and then he taught, the sichuch masachin bova en makabeles tumah, if it is for schach, made for schach, you can use it because it's not makabel tumah. Time it to also schach, that implies that it's specifically kosher schach when it is made as schach. Hostame lishriva, however, Stam, it is for lying on. So what does, so, so the Tanakama contradicts himself. So he says, no, holo kasha, it's not difficult. Kan, begadoyla, kan begatana. This one's a large mat and this one's a small mat. A smaller mat is usually made for lying on. And therefore, if you don't, if it's not clear what it's made for, it's not specified what it's made for, then it would be makabal tumah. But if you made it as schach, then it would be fine. A large mat is generally used for a roof, for a cover, or for a wall. So therefore, it would be valid schach, unless it was specifically made to sit or lie on. Now, we're just going to skip the brackets. He says, aim a safer. But now we, we have a similar contradiction in Rabbi Eliezer. That was a contradiction in the Rabbonin and we resolved it. But we're going to run into, if you learn like that, you still run into trouble with Rebbe Lezer. Rebbe Lezer, Oymer, Achaz, Kananam, Achaz, Gadoyla, Osel, Eshrim, Makabeles, Tumah, Vain, Masachim, Bo. Rebbe Lezer says, it makes no difference whether you're discussing a large mat or a small mat. A small mat or a large mat. If it's made to lie on, it's susceptible to Tumah and you can't use it as Schach. Now, time it to Osel, Eshrim, Hostam, Elisichot. This implies that specifically where it's made for Lying on is it a problem, but otherwise it's fine. It says aim a safer, but then he says also the sichuk masachim bova aim a makabel es tumah. If you make it for schach, then you can use it 
If you make it for shade, for cover, then you can use it as chach, but and it's not makabal tumah. Time it to also lesiruch But if you didn't specify it for lying on, again in Rebbe Lezer, which one is it? If you make it, if you just made it, do we say it's tome? It's makabal tumah or not? Do we say it's automatically viewed as something that's used for schach, or do we say it's automatically viewed as something for shchiva? And then only if you made it for the other one would it be invalid. Which one is it? So we run into trouble with Rebelezer. Um, I think let's leave it here. We'll do Rava's explanation of the Mishnah tomorrow. And then we're going to reject Rava and bring some other Pshatim. Okay, we'll leave it there for today.